Jeff got my shirt on there, Dieter. See? Uh, welcome Jeff. to Catfish Weekly. Along with James Smith, I'm Lyle Stokes and James. We got a crew with us tonight. People wanted to know how to start and maintain a YouTube channel and be successful. And we have got some of the great YouTube channel people in here tonight. Uh, lost one. We lost one. He'll be back, I'm quite sure. We got Dieter Melhorn of Dieter Melhorn Fishing, Jeff Manning of Team Reel in the Blues, Stu with Coon Creek Outdoors, John One over Jeff Goat, and Jonathan Music with Hook Catfish. So uh, we got all the guys that, that can tell us how to start a YouTube channel, be successful in it. And, and what we're going to do is we're going to ask each one of them to give us a short uh, overview of what they think it takes to start and, and be successful with one. And at the end of the show, we're going to take questions then. Um, we can't take the questions during the thing or we'll never get through it because it's chances are real slim that we're going to get done with this and in an hour anyhow. It's probably going to be an hour and a half or a little bit longer, but um, we want to make sure that we get everybody in here and, and get all the questions that we can answer. So if you guys have questions, please hold them till after everybody has kind of went through their, what they got to tell us about. And, uh, and then we'll try to get all of them answered. And when you do ask a question in chat at the end of the show, please specify which one of our guests uh, you would like to answer the question. I think that would be, would be good because um, these guys are all fish, but some of them do things other than fish. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And, and uh, I think we'll, we'll have a great time getting things started. What do you think about that, James? I think it's pretty cool, and I got a couple questions myself on some of the guys that actually do other stuff on their channels, because I was informed a long time ago to split some of my channels because I've done multiple things, and we was worried about the algorithms not picking up because you was doing different things on that channel, uh, which, you know, some people it works out good, especially when it's the outdoors, mm -hmm. you know, where I was more catfish-specific adding something to that was really a concern. In fact, Dieter was the one that's helping me figure that out, that it was drawing my crowd in two different directions. So I appreciate any advice that I learned from these guys. They got it going on and uh, it's going to be a great show. I'm, I, I've got my notes sitting down here waiting to answer some of the questions that I probably have for years. Yeah, that, thank guys. Yep, I think it's going to be great, and we want to thank all of you guys for coming in and being a part of this on a Monday night to help us out with this. So, what do you say we get started? Let's roll. We got a all pile right. of people in here tonight. We do have now the first person that was asked to be on the show uh, was the most wanted to see was Dieter. So, Dieter, let's start out with you. <laughs> the hell, everybody knows who you are. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. So, I got to tell you my story, okay, uh, about how I got here today. Uh, I had a friend of mine, Chris Simpson, from Fighting the Blues Guide Service. Uh, he used to fish a bunch of Monticello. People in the Carolinas know who he is. He texted me last night. We've been trying to do a podcast and a video uh, for a while. He Last night he texted me, said, hey, I'm doing some scouting. Can you go tomorrow? Check with the wife. She said, fine. I take off down there. We get on the water about 7 this morning. 
going around trying to find some fish, shooting a bunch of stuff, getting some great B-roll for some videos. And I get a message from you that says, oh, here's the link for tonight's show. I forgot all about the show. Until I forgot what day of the week it was, to be perfectly honest. I got, you know, the COVID syndrome. So uh, anyway, uh, I had to, we got off the water. I saw it in time, got off the water, had to make a mad dash back here uh, to make it because it's about three hours away uh, where this lake is. But the most important thing is Chris being, this is a man who is called 80, 90, I think his biggest fish, 97 pounds out of Lake Monticello. Great guide, just a really good fisherman. And there's video of this. This is not a lie. He opens his bait cooler. He pulls out some gizzard shad. Nice big gizzard shad. Jeff Manning size gizzard shad throws him down. And he throws down a bag of strawberry jello chicken. And I said, is this a joke? And he's like, no, man. He said, I started fishing with it a couple of days ago and it works. We caught five fish today. Four of them on chicken. Let's get to the show. I just had to say that. Put up your little no chicken thing again on screen there for everybody. To see. So, anyway, back to the YouTube stuff. ASC's going to go broke. What James said a minute ago is a very good point as far as advice for people on YouTube. If you're starting a channel and that is niching down, you know, narrowing down the focus of what you're doing. Uh, most of us that are on this channel watch it because of catfishing. And uh, that's pretty narrow. You, you know, you can do a fishing channel and it's a big broad, saltwater, freshwater, different countries, different, you know, just all kinds of stuff. But that's the biggest piece of advice for anybody starting any kind of a channel is to, and they tell you this, is to narrow down what your content is. It's a lot easier to find a crowd for that content and find a group of people than just to be totally broad-based. If you just come in and I'm going to do fishing, it's tough to do that. Now, it can be done. Richard Jean, the fishing machine, is an excellent example of somebody who is fairly diverse in what he fishes for. Uh, you know, but generally speaking, he's the exception. Some people have that magical combination of personality and everything working for him, and it'll work. But in most cases, you have to pinch stuff down. And a good example of that, kind of when I started out, I had some videos that did kind of, I had some hunting video. A wasp nest that did good for some odd reason. Uh, but now that my channel has kind of developed a little bit, I uh, got a few more subscribers. If I put up that content now, it won't get viewed. Because I have what you would call, I've heard it called channel authority for that specific niche of fishing for catfish. Even though my channel does not have catfish in the name anywhere, uh, it's what the algorithm kind of knows my content by based on the type of viewers that are watching it. And, you know, the videos that they come from to my channel and go from my channel to others. Uh, the other content don't work. So it's like when I do a uh, crappy fishing video. It'll get views. It'll do okay. Won't do anywhere near as good as the catfish content. Same thing when I do a striper fishing video or shark fishing, something like that. Uh, it doesn't have that, you know, that kind of reach. So 
that's my number one go-to tip for anybody is narrow down what you're fishing for, or if you're going to come into the fishing niche anyway, what you're going to pursue. And you can even take it, they kind of tell you to kind of funnel it down. So you're going to do something in the outdoors, and then it's going to be fishing, and then it's going to be freshwater fishing, then it's going to be catfish. You could go a step further. You could do nothing but catfish tackle, nothing but catfish bait, nothing but channel catfish, nothing but flatheads. Imagine if there was somebody that chested a channel and did nothing but pursued flatheads 12 months out of the year. It would draw in a lot of people. So that's my armchair advice from somebody who's kind of seen the effects of it and uh, probably didn't listen to it real good in the beginning. Well, that's pretty good information right there and some things that you brought up that I had never really thought about. Um, but yeah, the more you narrow it down, uh, I can see where that would, would especially on a growing channel. Yep. Yeah. I think uh, a good example is like, you know, Luke Nichols with catfish and carp, undoubtedly the biggest catfishing channel there is. It's pretty much become catfish and catfish. Uh, he kind of started out with both of them, still does a little bit of carp stuff, but you know, he owns the, he owns the, that whole little niche. I mean, he is the guy that gets, you know, everything. I mean, everything gets funneled back to that at some point by YouTube. And, you know, that was one of, you know, the early ones to kind of do that and really narrow it down and, you know, focus on that stuff. That's great information, Dieter. Um, Jonathan with hook cat fishing. What, what would you say is, is the, Stuff that you would recommend people to try if they were starting out a new YouTube. Um, uh, mine would have to be just uh, as far as doing videos, just just be yourself. You know, I I don't know. The the more comfortable that you get with the camera, I feel like people don't always just watch it for the fishing, you know, because you can catch. I have a a channel cat video where I caught a couple three pounders and it did a hundred thousand views. You know, um, not always about catching giant fish. Some people, I feel, they just want to get to know you. I, I don't know. It seems like they want to personally know you, you know. So if you can get comfortable with that camera and just, just talk and, and explain what you're doing, you know. Somebody somebody put it to me. They want to they wanna come fishing with me. They don't want to watch me fish. They want to they wanna come fishing with me. And so when I do a video, I, I mean, it, I still sometimes, it gets so hectic. You know, I'll have a plan. What With a fishing channel, you can't. You can't go out and be like, oh, I'm going to do this video. And the, the fish don't always cooperate that way. You know, I'll go out with a plan, but it uh, doesn't always work out. A lot of times what happens, too, is the fishing gets really good when all my camera gear is dead. And I, I, I just can't put a video together with it. But, um, That's a fact. But every once in a while, I get out there and uh, <laughs> things go the right way in it. I put a really good video together, you know. But uh, exactly what Dieter said, you know, I, I do a lot of surgeon fishing, and, th and those fish pull so hard, and I thought those videos would do awesome, but they don't do well on my channel. They don't they don't really do that well. But, yeah, my, my number one has to be just, just get, you know, I started my channel back when there wasn't so much competition, too. There's a lot of people starting YouTube channels, and, and, and the more the better. That's how I look at it. I think we should all help each other instead of all the drama in the community, but. I think I just that's like, a great thing to say right there. Yeah, yeah I just go out there and, and fish. I mean, I love fishing. That's why I started my channel for to have memories, you know, just to, for myself. But people started watching it, and 
it started growing a little bit. It's still not huge, but I mean, I still do it for the same reason as why I started. I just like to, I like to film my uh, adventure, I guess you could say. But yeah, now I got a question. I got a question about that. Do you feel that the more people gets on here, do you feel that we're actually finally getting the word out about the conservation of the sport fish that we love to chase? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how many, I don't think I watch any YouTube channels that don't, you know, as far as catfishing goes, that don't release good fish. That's, that's. Now, the reason, reason I'm saying that is that me and Wampus Cat talked today and we were discussing about a lot of people. We've got to the point that we all throw 99.9% of our fish back. That can be a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing. Because I've right. heard Mr. Manning and Mr. Melhorn talk about they feel that Lake Wally has topped out. Do you feel that that's because everybody's throwing all the fish back and eventually the DNA of the big fish are getting lost because nobody is harvesting fish? Just like if a pond. If you got a pond slam full of brim, eventually all you're going to catch is little, little bitty peckerheads. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it works. You know, it's it's nature. I have no idea. But but those, I'm sure those little channel cats in my river are getting eaten by some of the bigger flatheads. You know, we don't have blue cats here. We only have channel cats and flatheads. I'm in northern Illinois, and here's the other thing. I started my channel because there's not a whole lot of cat fishermen in, in where I'm at, especially with YouTube channels. I mean, it's it's like 12 degrees every night here where I'm at. So uh, it, it's, it's kind of it's tough, but um, yeah, like I said, I just started my channel, and you know, it. I just do it because I I love to, you know, and and I also love to go home and and edit the video. You don't have to be a professional editor or any of that, you know. But as time grows, you know, I, I feel like you just get better and better with, you know. And then if a video does well, my other one last thing, my other suggestion would be if a video does well, try to do another video. You know, whichever video does well, try to do another video that way, you know, because that I just want to give the people what they like now. <laughs> I can see that. I can't imagine anybody enjoying editing, though. <laughs> I enjoy it. I don't know. If I have a really good trip, I, I get excited to go back and relive that. I've you know? actually thrown stuff across this room trying to edit <laughs> it stuff. It doesn't take as long anymore for me, man. I mean, I don't well, know. Yeah. You've done a lot of it. Went you know. through a few programs, and now I got kind of a workspace, and it just, just kind of comes together. Yep. So, but, yeah, I enjoy it. I, I enjoy YouTube. I think, I've met some really cool people on, on YouTube. So Because I'm the biggest channel cat that's ever been filmed. Oh, uh, I mean, God. you really have. Well, they're absolute giants, and... I think everybody loves to see them, and I don't care if they're a blue cat fisherman or a flathead fisherman. When you pull up them 25-plus pound channel cat, that's something that only a few people really ever get to see in their lifetime, and you've done it tons of times besides all those giant flatheads. So it makes it makes watching your videos very enjoyable for me. Yeah, I appreciate it. And even fewer people get to catch them bigger them big channels like you. Oh yeah. yeah, that's exactly. Right. But we're gonna get on. We're gonna get into that come May of next year. Yeah, we'll do that. Well, I know you will. I'm looking forward to it. All right, I want to visit with Stu a little bit. Um, 
Stu has a um, a YouTube channel called Coon Creek Outdoors. Now, Stu, you don't just fish. You you make boats. You trap. You hunt. And you've been very successful with all the venues you do. So let me put that question to you. What what do you tell people when they want to know what it takes to be successful? Yeah. So first off, thanks for having me, guys. I really do appreciate it. So anyway, for those of you who don't know me, my name's Stu. I run two channels. Um, I run my main channel, which is called Coon Creek Outdoors. Uh, it is what I would consider to be a mixed outdoor content channel. Uh, being that I really don't specialize in one thing anymore, my niche, what got me started was trapping and fur handling. So I'm sorry if some of you guys out there don't agree with that. But anyway, that's how I got my start was trapping and fur handling. I also run a second channel, which I just started in October, and it is my dedicated fishing channel. Uh, it's called Total Angling Experience, and I'm... <laughs> I'm kind of starting from the ground up, so to speak. So, you know, a lot of this stuff that we're talking about tonight is very relatable to me because although I do have my main channel, I'm also starting from the ground up. Right. So, you know, a lot of this stuff that I'm going to talk about is, is stuff that I'm putting into play as I speak, basically, to try to grow my new channel. So, you know, first things first, as far as if you look at it as you're trying to grow a YouTube channel, not just for fun, not you know, not just to show your buddies or your friends, to grow a YouTube channel, you got to understand that you are playing to an algorithm. There is a YouTube algorithm out there, like a lot of guys have said already, and that's what you're playing to. You're not just trying to put out good content. You're trying to put out content that that algorithm will push to a different audience, right? So, you know, my my whole thing is, and how I got started is, you got to have a couple things. You got to have a niche, right? And that niche is what's going to propel you to more and more subscribers. So like, for instance, my niche back in, you know, I started my channel, uh, my main channel. I started posting videos in 2013 and, you know, I really didn't post videos throughout the year. I just posted them, you know, during the trapping season. Right. So for only about 90 days a year, I would put out videos. Uh, this year, however, is whenever I started posting you know, videos uh, consistently, right? I made a, an attempt this year to bring year-round videos to my channel. And I I can tell you I've had some success and, and as some failures also. So you got to have that niche, right? Obviously, a lot of us are, are fishing, uh, you know, related with that niche. But you can also, like Dieter had said, you, you can narrow that down, right? So for me, like, right, I'm an ugly SOB, right? I'm not, I'm not the prettiest guy around. And, you know, there's so much content. YouTube itself is so saturated with fishing content that you got to have that niche. Uh, you know, a lot of guys are going to sit there and watch a nice looking girl in a bikini uh, if she's fishing the same way if I'm in a boat fishing. Right. So you've got to have that niche, which brings me to kind of how I grew my channel. Um, education versus entertainment. Right. So I started my channel basically more so pushing the education side of videos rather than the, the entertainment side. Uh, even so, to this day, my channel is, is a how-to channel versus an entertainment channel. And I feel honestly that, you know, the, the education side of videos will end up getting you more in the spotlight over the long run than entertainment. And that, so I kind of call that education side almost a niche in itself, right? And that's why 
all my fishing videos and most of my other videos, I try, even if you're going out and having a good day, try to throw some sort of educational aspect into it. And that'll bring people back, right? So a couple other things as far as trying to grow your channel. Like I said, these are things that I've seen over the years uh, and I've tried to you know, do myself, right? So as I said, fishing on, on YouTube is just absolutely so saturated. You've got to have a way to get to a bigger audience. Uh, so I have found honestly that Facebook, Facebook is a good avenue. Um, so my new channel, Total Angle Experience. Right now, I have about 2,500 subs on it, right? I had 62, 63,000 subs whenever I made this channel. Uh, I brought over only about 1,300 to this new channel. You know, that's an outdoor channel. You would think, and, you know, I myself would think, you know, hey, it's outdoors. Everybody hunts, fishes, traps, everything. That is not the case, obviously, right? If not, I would have everybody I would, I would have brought them over, right? Uh, so, you know, using Facebook to try to help, you know, propel your videos, uh, get on the different groups and, and put them up. It's a, it's a thing. And I mean, don't feel bad about doing it. Same as in the videos, you know, don't be afraid to tell in the videos to say, Hey, subscribe, hit that like button. For instance, right now we've got 110 people watching this show, right? We've got 55 likes. Hit that like button, guys. It's free. Do it right now. You should. We should be right at 110 likes. And and I say that in my video. I try to help people. You know, you got to push that. And that algorithm is looking for that. Um, you know, so that's that's one thing. Don't be afraid to push. Saying, hey, subscribe. Hit that like button. Uh, you know, different things like that. Another thing for a small channel that I found uh, especially helpful is the length of the videos. Um, you know, this is a hard, a hard deal. Trust me, especially the fishing video. Right. But if you've got a news person coming to your channel that you want, maybe a subscriber, you know, a lot of times he's not going to watch that 35, 40 minute video you're going to put up. Uh, you know, I really think that those 10, 12 minute videos are really what propels your audience forward. Cause you got to realize you're trying to gain subscribers to grow your channel. You know, you don't have an audience that, that will sit there and watch. For instance, you know, my big channel, I can put up a 50 minute video right now on that channel. And the majority of my audience will watch the good portion of that video. If I put up a 40 minute video on my new channel, very few people are going to sit there and watch a 40 minute video, right? So you start out with those, you know, shorter eight, 10, 12 minute videos. And that's going to, you know, somebody looking through, looking through a, a recommended ad or list of YouTube videos, they're going to see that well, maybe I'll just give that a go rather than have to sit there and watch an hour long video per se. Um, you know, a couple other things. If you're, if you're making a YouTube video and you're trying to explain something, you know, know what you're talking about, right? If you're trying to gain subscribers, people can see through a lie really quick, yes. you know, and I, I know this from my background in fur handling, right? I knew what I was talking about. You know, it wasn't something that I was doing for the first time. And, you know, people can see that very quickly. So that, that's another thing that I feel like, you know, if you're going to explain, say, a dragon technique or something or or a tackle technique, know what the hell you're talking about. You know, don't just have watched a YouTube video and then try to explain that. Right. Uh, you know, people can see through that, because, like I said, this is all about growing your channel is growing that audience and playing to that algorithm. Uh, you know, titles is another big thing. I am personally not one for clickbait. Uh, you know, I'm, 
I really don't think it will help you grow in the long run. And I've seen this a lot. Uh, you know, on my main channel, the majority of my titles are labeled to where people looking for something can go back through my channel, look at a title and actually say, hey, this is what I'm looking for. It doesn't be, you know, Saturday was a great day or something. It was, you know, how to do something, uh, you know, and I've got I've got videos right now on my main channel that are six, seven years old and they consistently get a hundred thousand views a, a season. I'm talking kind of through the trapping thing now, but that's because they're educational videos and people can search for them and, and relate to them, you know, rather than, you know, I had a great day kind of deal. So I think titles are very important. Um, you know, another thing, and I see a lot of, a lot of guys, uh, you know, especially with the smaller channels, you know, live streams are cool guys, but I don't believe live streams is what's going to grow your channel. You need to push that content. You need to have content that people can search. A lot of guys aren't going to just go through a recommended list and see a two hour live stream and click on it. They'd much rather click on a, you know, like I said, a smaller video. Now you can add live streams in with it, of course, but you know, you need to be pushing that content. Now I've spoke with several, what I would consider big full-time YouTubers. I myself, I would not consider myself a, a big channel. I know it's all relative speaking wise, but I would not consider myself a big channel. And I know some big channels and pushing consistent content is huge as far as how it relates to the algorithm. That's why this summer I decided to, to push, uh, you know, push myself to put out consistent content. I put out Two videos a week I have now for the last nine months. Uh, and now I'm putting out one video a week on my smaller channel. Now I know from experience, it's hard to put out two fishing videos a week. So that's why on my fishing channel, I put out one, one video a week. But consistency is a thing. Not only that, it kind of gets you in the rhythm of editing and you know making content, but that algorithm likes that. So real quick, uh, before I'll end it, because I don't want to take up too much more of your guys' time, but I want to explain why I started a second channel, right? Because some people think, well, you're crazy, right? You had almost 70,000 subs. Why would you start from scratch? So as I've said before, this is all about the algorithm. And some people may or may not agree with me, right? But having that subscriber interaction is huge as far as pushing that algorithm. Uh, for instance, when I, I go back to the niche thing, I would upload a fishing video and, you know, normally on my channel, I get somewhere between 15 and 20,000 views pretty within the first two weeks. Some may hit high, some may hit low, but that's kind of my average. Uh, during the summer, I uploaded like 35 video fishing videos, dedicated fishing videos. They would average three to 3,500, 4,000 views. I mean, nothing. And that, you know, because of that, YouTube was not pushing my videos, right? Because my subscriber interaction, you know, was not high. So after a lot of consideration, that's why I've decided to start a new channel. I'm starting from scratch, fishing dedicated because that's what I like to do. And, you know, I'm seeing the I'm seeing that channel grow fairly quickly now because my subscribers are interacting a lot more with the videos because they're dedicated to it. So, you know, it's something to consider. Uh, like I said, I, I am kind of in the same boat as a lot of small guys. You know, fishing is hard. Fishing is super hard to get into with YouTube because it's so saturated. Uh, you know, so like I said, push through and uh, try to find that niche. I still push education over entertainment. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of my list, guys. I hope I didn't go too long, but nope. hope, uh, hope that you guys got something out of that.
Yeah, that's great information. There's a lot of a lot of good information uh, with that, and and I will agree with you. Although I do enjoy live streams, uh, oh, there's nothing that takes the place of of watching uh, a good in educational video on how and why somebody was catching a certain fish a certain way. I mean, yeah, and like I said, with the with the live streams, especially, you know, that's going more towards your dedicated subscriber base, right? Right. That if you've got, you know, that's not going to bring new people in. So as far as growing a channel, um, you know, that's where I think that content. So a good mix definitely is, uh, you know, a way to go, I feel like, you know. Yeah, I'm waiting for Dieter. I know he does some live feeds in the summertime at night. I haven't seen him out there. I think he just don't like the cold, but... <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's cold. Uh, certain areas, Jonathan uh, fishes a lot of cold cold water, uh, the lakes, and he'll be on the ice before long. But um, let's see what John Jeffcoat has to say about that. Uh-oh, uh-oh. All right, so <laughs> piggybacking off of what some of the other guys said, uh, this is probably going to go against Dieter, but being versatile. I mean, if you watch my videos, I mean, I'm either catching eight- and nine-pound bass at night off a of dock Dragon baits for crappy. I mean, catching brim, duck hunting. I mean, just just everything. And you know, with the way the algorithm set up, I kind of said bump the algorithm. I really don't care. I mean, if my channel grows, my channel grows. But you know, I'm gonna do what I want to do. I'm not gonna have an algorithm kind of tell me what I want to do. So, you know, like tomorrow we're going squirrel hunting. I'm probably going to film it and put it up on the video. But you know, another thing is I would have to say, don't put up like there's so many videos that are the exact same thing going around, like the exact same thing. And I mean, just do something different. So many guys are fishing the exact same spots. They're, you know, doing the exact same thing, you know, be different. Try another lake, you know, go to a lake you've never gone to and show how you would approach fishing it. But, you know, that's what I kind of try to do with my channel is, you know, I'll fish. Yeah, I fish up in the swamp, but I also go down a canal. I'll fish at the dam at Santee. Just did two videos at Lake Murray. Me and Dieter were talking about Murray earlier and, and going to Lake Watery and stuff like that. You know, test your skills as an angler. And I think your audience will, will appreciate that a lot more because, uh, you know, they'll, they'll see that you're taking the time to go try new things. And then they'll really start to latch on to you. Like, man, this dude really knows what he's doing. He can go to a lake out of state and still pull in big fish or, or, or whatever. But, you know, learn to edit. I didn't know, I'm not computer savvy. I don't know. I don't even have to. Am I even on? I don't even know how to use it. know how to use this computer. But um, I know how to edit videos. So I downloaded Filmora, watched a 20-minute video on how to use it, and that's kind of what I went with. I don't have any drone footage or nothing like that. Um, you know, kind of keep it simple. A lot of the stuff that's drone footage related, fast forward to it anyways, you know, trying to get to the fishing. But, you know, you kind of got to make a decision about what you want to do with your channel. I mean, let's face it, unless you got, unless you got like a million subscribers, you're not going to live in a million dollar mansion, you know. So I would much rather be myself, um, help people across a broad spectrum, you know, bass fishing, crappy fishing. I know this is a cat fishing 
show um catfishing you know a little bit of hunting sprinkled in and stuff but you know learn to edit be yourself like everybody's been telling you to do um be patient very patient i mean growing your channel takes time and if you're putting out good good content it will come i mean if you're you know you're putting out consistent videos and you're, you're doing what you need to do it will grow people will take notice one thing about that that you say you fish from multiple species well guess what we're catfishermen yeah. we better know how to catch multiple species if we want to have bait to catch the catfish exactly well you wouldn't <laughs> believe you know the video where me and dad caught those two 50 plus pound fish people could care less about the fish they were more interested in watching us brim fish in the swamp you know, at the beginning of the video. So, you know, you have that crowd that, that loves that stuff. And, you know, people like a, a, a little bit of change. You know, if they see somebody doing the same exact thing and then they swap it up, a lot of times those videos are the ones that are going to get hit. Like, oh, whoa, wait a minute. He swapped something up here. He's, he's in a different lake. What's he doing? So, you know, just go with the flow. Um, be patient. Take notes. Um, be yourself. And like Stu said, know what you're talking about because people, man, YouTube, it can be brutal. I mean, you can read some of the comments. It can be brutal. You know what you're talking about, you know, because they will seek through it. But that's just my little short two cents on it. But well, when you switch it up and you show them big double hand size, big old bull headed bluegills, they're going to stop and see that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're going to take a look at those and 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 John, you are one hundred percent spot on. If you think that you are going to BS your way through a YouTube channel, you're not going to be in it very long because those people can see through it. They've already seen it before, and they're not going to watch it again. Yeah, you know, it's just pretty obvious. They they've had people BS them through stuff before that that didn't do what they was said they was going to do or didn't do what they was supposed to do. And they've seen it two or three times and they can pick that out just about as fast as anything anymore. So you're not going to be able to get away with that and be extremely successful. I don't believe. YouTubers are like children. They have no filters. They will call you yep. out real quick. Oh, yeah. Well, they're like Facebook warriors, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's right. Thank you, Richard Ward. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, all right, Mr. Jeff Manning. You you said you was late, but really you was right on time. We were so glad that you made the show tonight because Sir. we need your input, just like we need it from everybody else. Because you do multi-species fish and do other things besides catch catfish i mean i don't see all them 300 games you rolled bowling uh like i did the last time we had you on here yeah <laughs> uh, i just need I, I just got the camera tilted down a little more oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> welcome buddy hey thank you thank you for having me uh i think everybody pretty much hit the nail right on the head i mean i, I think the biggest thing is besides don't try to bs people i mean you can try to bs information to people and Man, like I say, they will pick you apart really quick. But I think the biggest thing is don't be fake. 
don't try to put on some kind of persona because I'm telling you what, what, if you may be able to pull it off for one or two videos, but it won't be long before people go, this guy's going to crap. And then no matter what you tell them after that point, they're not looking, they're not watching your video to see or learn. They're watching your video to see what they can nail you on next, you know, and, and I mean, people are pretty quick about that. And there's some people that's all they watch videos for is to complain or try to call people out. So I try to keep everything uh, as forward as I can. I don't try to BS. I don't like to sugarcoat, but I don't want a bunch of drama on my channel either. I keep everything information wise. Uh, I won't bash another product. I mean, if I don't like a product, I just won't use a product. But, you know, you'll see some people there, you know, that's all they're worried about is seeing how they can tear apart another company or something like that. And again, you may, may not alienate the people that is already watching you, but why would you want to alienate people that may eventually become fans to your channel? You know what I mean? I like big cat fever rods, but I will be the first one to tell somebody my biggest catfish I've ever caught have come off seven foot ugly sticks that cost me $19, you know, so... That's another thing. Uh, for me, I think the biggest thing that people got to learn when they start a YouTube channel is don't get discouraged because if you start start staring at that subscriber number, it will drive you insane. And I know a bunch of people that had good channels, good content, and they kept watching that sub number and they got discouraged and they just give up. And when they did, you could tell from their the videos they put on, they started getting worse. And then finally, you just don't see no videos at all. So keep your keep your expectations, you know, in front of you. Don't, don't go crazy, but I'm not saying don't strive. Just don't get upset when you don't get the 10,000 subs in the first year. I mean, I've had YouTubers tell me I'm going to start a channel and I should be making $400 by a month by the time I get, you know, my monetization. And I just look at them and smile. And I'm like, I hope you do. <laughs> well, I think Dieter said it best when you talked about the sub watching them numbers. Dieter, what did you tell me? The numbers for subscribers is for you. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the, the subscribers are for your ego and the views are for your checkbook. So it can be kind of an ego thing with the, uh, you can have, there's channel like Jeff was saying, there, there's some channels with tons of subscribers that nobody's really watching. So they can, it's kind of an ego thing. All right. Well, what else, Jeff? I, I, I thought I didn't know if Jeff was through or not. I didn't mean to interrupt you right there, Jeff. I mean, it was, no, uh, just, I mean, it's for me, I do fishing, of course, but I also do, I like to do how to's. And I tell everybody if you, if you do a how to, keep it simple. I mean, I've got metal brakes, I can cut quarter inch aluminum with a stomp of a foot, but when I do a video showing me making something out of aluminum, I've got welders that can weld aluminum three different ways. But when I do a video where I'm using aluminum, a lot of times I'll try to show people that have basic tools how to do it using basic tools. I don't want them to have to have a $10,000 welder to do it. You know, and, and what's funny is a lot of times in my fishing videos, especially, I talk a lot. Even in my fishing videos, when I'm fishing, I talk a lot. I'm, I mean, like the person in the boat with me. I've talked to the camera, and I try to tell everybody what my thought process is on fishing. And it's amazing how many of my videos I get the most comments on. People are like, I never thought about it that way. I mean, I if I go fishing or if I do a fishing video, I always try to put something in there that or something that I haven't seen 100 videos of people telling you how to do it. 
you know, how to use a, I mean, it's simple, how to use a marker buoy. But a lot of people don't think about using a marker buoy when they're catfishing, you know. Like I say, I just try to do everything to where people learn and get to watch a good show. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. We appreciate it so much. Um, we're going to start getting into so the question end of the show. So you guys, when you uh, put your questions in chat, be sure to uh, put the name of the person you want to direct that to, or more than one. The first one I seen was by Captain Greg Alala. Uh, wanted to ask Stu, will you do tournament fish? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I just actually went down last month to uh, uh, Lake Fork in Texas, and we fished the, uh, me and my father, normally we go to Canada every year and uh, take a vacation, and, you know, obviously because of the corona, we couldn't do that, so we went down to uh, Lake Fork, fished a crappie tournament down there, it was my first ever crappie tournament, we took second place uh, in it, and it, it kind of lit a fire, I'm not going to lie, it was fun, uh, you know, it, it, it's a lot different, because, I mean, normally I just fish for for fun, right, or right. or something, but it's a totally different deal at tournament fishing, uh, especially you know down there we're keeping crappie out. We're catching them in like twenty-seven feet of water. We don't have twenty-seven feet of water anywhere near us. So the whole fact of keeping them fish alive for eight hours and fizzing them, and I mean, you know, time management and just everything else, it it was fun. So yeah, I may start uh, I may start tournament fishing a little bit more. Okay, good. Um, Eric wants to ask Jonathan, where's your um, bull's hat? <laughs> it's in the mouth. <laughs> he's out it's in his name. garage. You can't nobody notice he's out in his garage. It's kind of cold in northern Illinois, right? Yeah, I usually have that bull's hat on a lot of videos. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it a time or two. Um, let's see. There was another one here if I didn't get past me. Brian Bortz, Blue Collar Fishing, question to all. What is the best editing software for a beginner? That is a great question. What I uh, see, let's start with you, Stu. You're on the top. Yeah, so for the first uh, first well, three or four years, I just used basic Microsoft, uh, Microsoft, whatever, Movie Maker or whatever. Movie Maker. Called. Yeah, just yeah. super cheap. Um, now, that being said, you know, I was I was doing videos in which I was kind of editing them as I film them, right? You know, you kind of film a clip, uh, you know, and then you upload it. You just knock off the first five seconds, and you knock off the last couple of seconds. You've got that clip, so it was easy. But it was actually only until this year where actually I started trying to – where I, I started pushing the fishing videos that, you know, you've got a lot more um, – a lot more video, right? A lot more content and movie maker just wasn't doing it. So I ended up going to final cut pro. Uh, and I, I really like it. it. You need an editing program. I feel like with a scrub feature, uh, you know, and a, a good computer goes hand in hand too. I actually had to upgrade my computer. Uh, I'm running a, a MacBook now, but something that'll handle those large video files, uh, you know, it's something to be able to scrub through that long footage, uh, you know, that you do get with the fishing videos. So that's what I use. Okay, great. Jeff? Same program. I mean, I, my problem was I started off trying to make too fancy of videos, and I'd get discouraged, and I learned to keep it simple. And that program, Eric, definitely helps. It's, it's user-friendly. That's the kind everybody needs to start with. Then. John? 
Uh, can y'all hear me pretty good? Yeah. All right, because my computer decided to do an update. But anyways, um, awesome. <laughs> I use yeah, so I use Filmora nine. Well, Filmora ten now, but I don't recommend running it on a cheap two hundred and sixty dollar Acer computer. <laughs> no, it doesn't work because it, it it took me I think eight hours to <laughs> edit my first video. So yeah, that didn't last long. But if you got a really fast computer, I'm running an HP. Uh, it's some big one terabyte. I don't even know what it is, but if you got a fast computer, it's really good software. I think it's a hundred dollars a year, but it has all the features. It's really easy to use. And I mean, if I can use it, I think anybody can use it. Very good. Very good. <clears throat> Jonathan, what is it that you're using? I use uh, Adobe Premiere Pro and uh, yeah, I've used the other ones too, but man, that one, I don't know. Once you learn, I mean, it's so expensive. You could just, I don't think I'll ever stop learning. You could do so much stuff. <laughs> and that's what I like about it. There's just so much to it. But, yeah, it's really fast. I'm really fast when I add it now. That's good. That's good. Sonny Parker wanted to know. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Sonny Parker wanted to know what was a good one that I guess he just uses his, his uh, cell phone. Do all his stuff, and he's wanting to do more. I use iMovie; uh, it's simple, but it don't do all the things that you want it to do. Or you, when you advance, you're going to have to step up to one of these other programs that these guys use. But just to get started, basic guys, everybody's got smartphones. If you got an iPhone, I would go with the iMovie. But if you got a Samsung, there's other programs that I'm sure you can look into that they have. Maybe one of these guys know. I don't have a clue as far as that for Samsung. Okay. All right, Dieter, what is it that you use because you have access to everything? Yeah, I uh, started out on iMovie because it was free. It was on my uh, MacBook. But I tell people Movie Maker, same thing. It comes free on you know the PCs. And then I moved up to Final Cut Pro. Uh, is what I'm cutting on now, and it's basically iMovie on crack is what it is. It just has a lot more features and stuff. And uh, Adobe Premiere, that's another good one if you're trying to move up a step. It's a subscription service. And uh, I think for whatever it is, 20 bucks a month or whatever, you can, I think you get Photoshop attached to it. And it's kind of another good one. They're all, once you get to that level, they all work really good. Somebody mentioned Filmora. That's another one that's very affordable that does a lot of stuff. Uh, another one that you know easily accessible, a lot of stuff. The great thing about all of it is there's plenty of tutorials right here on YouTube that will teach you every little thing you need to know. The most frustrating part about editing is knowing what you want to do, but not knowing how to do it. And that's the part that makes you act like Lyle and throw stuff across the room. Once you wrap your head around all those little little things and and it's it's actually fun i enjoy it now i never thought i would i've not i've not tried actually like seeing stuff come together now and look forward to getting better at it so well one of the things about me i i don't like to sit there and take time to do it and spend hours doing it you know i, I expect to push a button I expect it to cut it, piece it together, and me not have to touch it, and it'll be perfect every damn time. And it doesn't work that way. Uh, uh, it does not work that way. And if you don't have patience, 
to edit video, uh, you probably shouldn't be editing much video. You want to do it to where you don't have to edit a whole lot because by the end of the day, you'll be pulling what little hair you got left because the rest of it's already gone. And it takes a lot of time when you look at the stuff that Keith does and fishing oh. and stuff. And, the, you know, it, it takes a lot of time to keep things interesting. Now, there's, you know, there's a total opposite end to where there's some people that can get by with very few cuts. But a lot of times to keep people interested, the faster cuts, the higher shot count, it takes time to do that, especially if you're having to pull in B-roll that you've got archived or stored somewhere, uh, or you got to go through footage. It's like somebody was saying about having a computer that can juggle all this stuff. Uh, you know, some of my videos now running three cameras and dragging all three of those video files into a timeline. That computer, just like, you know, here uh, has to juggle with all those video files. Uh, it, it takes some power and, you know, it takes a good computer to do it. And it seems like the further we get into it, the more complicated it gets. I wish yeah. I could just, that's why I like live streams because you just kind of sit there and jack it rock and roll. Yeah, camera. exactly. But, but I still, I agree with, with some of the statements made earlier that edited video is better quality of content and more educational than what you get on live stream. That's yeah, my that, opinion. Yeah, somebody was say, talking about that earlier, and, and I agree with them that I don't think it does as well in the algorithm and getting served out to people, but it is a great way to serve your viewers, and that's the reason I try to do them as often as I can because people love watching them, and people love sitting there waiting for, you know, I sit there and watch Chunky sitting up there in Washington, you know, with his lit up like, you know, uh, it's a small world behind him with all the stuff. And it's, even if he's not catching fish, you know, it's, it's, it's a great way to give something to your fans and your viewers and you will pluck people in. You guys that have done live streams can look at the end of it. And all of a sudden it'll tell you, you had 14 or 15 people subscribe during that live stream. So uh, I think it's a balance of using both. It's hard to do it totally with, you can do it without live streaming, but it's hard to build a big, big subscriber channel, I think, doing totally live stream. So uh, I think it's a it's a good tool in this way of the future. Oh, there's some guys doing some anywhere from one hour live streams all the way. I think I've seen nine and ten hour live streams. Yes, I ain't got that much to talk about. No, and they don't either. Because a lot of the, time, <laughs> a lot of the time the content's going downhill fast and they'll stay live if there's five or six people watching them. Well, you done lost your crap. If yeah. it gets down to that, you've already lost your Yeah, more out your welcome. That's exactly right, 100%. Well, I got a question. Uh, what somebody hit on a little while ago, guys, was saturation. That saturation at the beginning, everybody profits a little bit. But then eventually that saturation starts working against everybody. And only a few will start stepping out that outweigh this. For, the, for instance, the wife's little old clothes business. At first, it was killer. People was making good money. But then they allowed, they allowed sellers on every freaking city block. And then you started seeing people drop out. A lot of people invested time, money, cameras, whatever they needed to do to try to do this. But the saturation was too late. The market was already flooded. 
do you see that coming to this point in the catfishing niche of YouTube? Who's that question to? Any of you. I, I'll jump in on that one, and I say no. Uh, I I don't – I think because of there's so much content out there, and YouTube is so good at serving it to the people who want to see it, I think stuff that is good will rise to the top. And, you know, that may mean changing. You got to stand out. It's part of the reason I changed the look of my channel, the editing. And I had to stand out from everybody else. That's just my little way that I do it in my world. It may not work for everybody else, but I had to find some way to separate. Uh, but you are right when it's just the same thing. You know, if you're staring at the back of some guy's head that's sitting there fishing, People aren't going to watch that. They're not going to watch it for long. I mean, that's called, you know, that's what I call the friends and family viewers there on that one. It's some of your friends and some of your family, and that's about it. You got to create some content that, in, you know, draws people in, either educates them or entertains them. And I think when you do that and you try to strive to get better and better, your stuff will start to stick out. And I mean, there's, I don't know, I heard some number today I was listening to 500 minutes of, or 500 hours of content a minute or something is being uploaded. Wow. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's stupid. And, you know, it's, but you got to have stuff that just is some way different. And, you know, there's all kinds of different ways to be different. And I think for the folks that stick with it and, you know, really dig in, they'll find that way. And, and yeah, the, the jump you know, in, another thing. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Sorry about that. But, and, and off of Dieter, you got to put up or shut up. I mean, you know, you can't really, you know, talk to talk. You got to talk it and walk it. You know what I mean? You can't, you know, you need to put fish in the boat as well. That's one thing. If it was me and I was doing videos, I could I could go out and have a day where I didn't catch anything and make a video and be okay with it. But you do two or three like that, you're not going to have anybody watching you. you. If you don't put fish in the boat, and it doesn't have to be 30 fish every day, but you've got to put something in that boat. Yep. If you're not, they're just thinking, well, this guy – What's he doing? Now, we'll say this on that point. Depending on what your channel's about, uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, Kayak Catfish. His channel is all about catching fish. He's in the kayak. He's usually catching pretty good fish. I think his channel, if it did what you're talking about, would be in trouble. Uh, there are some other channels out there that put out a more diverse content that I don't think has to catch fish all the time. They have mastered the art of the story better. And they, you know, they, they are, they're delivering something educational wise that is educating the angler. So uh, I think it kind of depends on how you're, you're selling your channel and what is like black tip H that does all the saltwater fishing. Yeah. They they got to have you know NFL players and bikini models catching Goliath grouper or you know twelve foot hammerheads or people are going to quit watching if they start catching Spanish mackerel. So yeah, you know it kind of depends on how you build your brand and your channel in that way. That goes back to something I've said a many times. Uh, it has to do with the entertainment factor. Dieter has an entertainment factor. John Jeffcoat has an entertainment factor. Jonathan Hook Catfish got an entertainment factor. 
They get excited when they get in there. Stu's always got an entertainment factor because every time I watch him, he's doing something he didn't do the time I watched him before. Well, Jim, you know, you know, and just the what, he's he's in there one day he's catching crappie, the next day he's catching blue cats. Or he's building a boat, or he's building a bait tank, or but the entertainment factor plays higher with some YouTube channels than it does with others. Is what yeah. my point is. Yeah. Well, also, you know, piggybacking off of that with the put up or shut up, it also like Stu was saying, you need to know what you're talking about because if you if you're going out and giving all this information and you're not putting any fish in the boat, off of your information, people aren't going to watch your channel. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, it, that's a losing battle there. If you're telling them to go out there and use pink Pop-Tarts, you know, on a Santee rig, and you're not catching any fish on them, nobody's going to watch you. Yeah. And once you set a president's uh, video and when you said that president of a great video or or like you said having nfl players if you don't follow up with that what you have done set for yourself you will lose them quick because they're going to oh, start yeah. expecting that high level every freaking time you know, not to say that you don't need to improve on yourself, not to say that you don't need to strive each time to get better or make better content. But once you set that president way up here, president way up here, it's hard to hold that bag in stride. That's right. Yeah. And I also, don't, also, don't put out a video just to put out a video. You know what I mean? That's, that's another thing. I see a lot of guys. That just they'll put out a video and it's like really fifteen minutes of that, twenty minutes of that. What was that? You know, that goes along with the algorithm. But you know, I, I can't. Me, I can't do that. And that's what that's what I was going to ask. Do you think Dieter that or Jeff or any of y'all? Do you think that just because you're adding two videos a week? Is that algorithm actually going to benefit you that if you're not getting the views, if the people are not giving you the time? Just because you got a click on it, that don't mean you're actually getting the time. Do you think that that could actually work against you on growing your channel? I, I can answer that one real quick. No, just my opinion, though. If uh, There's a lot of footage I just throw in the garbage. I don't even use it because I wouldn't want to watch it. Um, if I don't want to watch it, I'm not going to that's I'm right. not gonna that's, exactly right. that's my opinion, though. You know, I, I just want to put something. <clears throat> I get excited when I'm catching fish. So if you see, if I if I got a bunch of footage, I'm all depressed. <laughs> I'm not gonna put it out because that, that comes out of my video. But but yeah, there's a lot of times I go out in it and and I don't even use that footage. But but yeah, I try to put stuff out that I would want to watch. You know, James, ask your question again because you broke up on my end. I didn't hear that. It came across garble. What was your question again? Well, <laughs> tell you the truth, I just had a brain fart. <laughs> I sat here reading comments over here, and it, 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 what did it start out like? No, I, here, I, I remember. Dieter, his comment was it was more centered around content. Is right. it better to put out a lot of content versus, you know, good I, content oh. versus a lot of content, I should say. And I mean, right. if Thanks. you guys don't mind – Quality reigns. Quality reigns. If you're putting out, you know, three – it's part of the reason I got away from trying to do three a week. Uh, 
if you're putting out three videos a week and they're not all on the same level, then you need to scale it back. Quality will win in the end. You're better off doing like Keith does uh, fishing and stuff and putting out one video that kicks butt a week than you are to put out three of them that are like, eh, they're just kind of get by. So, But all of these are good. What's that? All of Keith's are good. No, that's what I'm saying, but he's doing one a week. And, yeah. You know, if he could listen, if he could crank out two of those a week at that pace, oh. uh, it would his channel would he'd already be over a hundred thousand. Which Keith, oh, you've yeah. got you've got uh, three days to get to a hundred thousand, or you owe me a uh, case of sun drop. <laughs> Here's a great comment in chat. Flint Hill Catfishing says the hardest part about editing is that we are usually in love with our own footage. I thought you guys would get a kick out of that. Yeah. Uh -uh. I sat there and cussed myself. I was like, oh, you need this cutaway. Yeah, why didn't you get that? Guy? You should have held that shot two more seconds. Yeah. I'm I'm horrible. Yeah. We're our own worst critics, ain't we? I yeah. think a lot of times that's the truth. Any, any of you folks in chat have any more questions for these guys? Now's the time to get them out here. What's the chances of us getting, getting a group like this together uh, to do a show and, and get it all done at one whack? So if you have any questions for these guys, please get them to us so we can get them asked. I got, I got a question for Stu. And – a lot of people don't realize about YouTube is that you really just can't throw anything up on YouTube. There are restrictions and doing the trapping stuff. Has that affected you any with monetization uh, in any of those ways? I know you get into some content like that with firearms, guns. Uh, it kind of restricts what you can monetize. Has that affected you with any of the trapping stuff? Very much so. Very, very much so. And some of you guys may remember and some of you may not, but, uh, you know, obviously I've been doing this now since 2013. So I've seen YouTube come a long, long way, right? Um, yeah, about three or four years ago, YouTube, they redid their whole monetization deal. And uh, I woke up one morning and I had 70 videos that were demonetized. Wow. Uh, and they hit me all at once. Now, obviously, you know, you can you can contact YouTube and you can kind of I forget the term for it. But, you know, there's some ways that you can kind of get some of them back. Obviously, I didn't get a lot of them back. Uh, those videos today, some of those videos are still my highest viewed videos. So I look at that as kind of a double edged sword. Right. Obviously, you know, with YouTube, you're, you're on a three strike rule. So you can't just go out there and, and put a bunch of stuff that you know is going to get hit or demonetized but at the same time you know a lot of these type of videos are what people want to see so you know that video um you know i've had a couple videos already this year that have been hit uh recent uploads right that being said i look back and those videos gained me like four or five hundred subscribers so you know you got to kind of take it both ways yes it may hurt you but at the same time you know, if I've got uh, a 10 minute video and I've got nine minutes of watch time for that video average and it's gained me, you know, four or five hundred subs, then that is advantageous to me, you know, to upload that video. So you got to kind of walk a fine line. Um, obviously, in my my thing, blood's a big thing. YouTube hates blood, uh, you know, and there's ways to get around it. Right. So, you know, you you take that blood, you make it black and white. That algorithm can't yep. see that red. Uh 
you know, a lot of if you time lapse stuff, uh, put it into uh, faster speed. A lot of times that that algorithm won't pick it up. Live streams, for instance, a lot of times live streams won't pick it up. Uh, you know, I do a lot of live streams during the season where I skin stuff that I know is going to get hit if I upload the regular video. So there are different ways around it. Uh, yes, I have been hammered, uh, you know, very hard with YouTube. You know, like I said, the con YouTube doesn't like the content I put up. Uh, and I feel like sometimes they do kind of almost shadow ban me to a degree. But at the same time, it still could be it still is advantageous to a degree. So. Great question. Dieter, I have a question for Creole Catfishing. He would like to know great outdoor audio and techniques. Well, I cheat uh, because I use a GoPro. And I know a bunch of people have said that you can't get good audio with a GoPro. Steve Douglas being one of them. Steve, if you're watching, it's for you. Uh, I, wear, I wear a chesty cam. And I hated the thing to begin with. And I pushed back on it. My son got me to do it because John B. did it. And... Uh, you know, John B does it. He's got a million subs. You should do it. So I started doing it. it one, it provides a great POV uh, escape shot, as I call it, in editing. The other thing is it's right here. So it's like wearing a lavalier mic. That is the single biggest thing. I've got little pieces of terry cloth material that are over the mic inputs on it. And that's where I get my audio from. I've played around. Listen, I've got $10,000 worth of wireless mics that I use in the real TV world. And they're a pain in the butt to run along. Uh, I mean, between, you know, putting them on, making sure their own battery's not dying, being able to check the audio, it's a big pain um, to do it alone. So the GoPro is the easiest way to do it. Uh, the biggest thing I tell people is proximity. Um, if you're using a GoPro, a GoPro can't be at the other end of your boat shooting a wide shot and expect to hear you. It needs to be an arm's length away. The, the cameras that I put on the sides and stuff, if I have to get audio of them, they got to be arm's length away from me. That's kind of the rule of thumb uh, on using those smaller cameras. And really any camera to get the audio arm's length away from you and that really saves you a lot. The blood thing is wind noise. You got to knock the wind noise down. Uh, nothing kills a viewer, me included, quicker than anything. And I've had it in some of mine, and I try to apologize for it. Is wind noise, and it's tough when you're out on a boat fishing. So you need some kind of wind muff. Uh, they make a few different ones that you can buy for different types of cameras. So that's kind of my tips and advice. The wireless stuff is great. It's kind of a you know a juggling management issue and. If something goes wrong, you're not listening. And if you've got an input going into a camera, a battery dies, that mic goes down, the on-camera mic's not working, and then all of a sudden you've got a silent film that you're looking at, and that's pretty much useless. So that's yeah. kind of my little quick down-and-dirty tips on audio. You and I talked about this at one of the Catfish Conference a few years ago, and we kind of come to the conclusion that great video must have great audio. Audio is more important than video. Yeah, uh, exactly right. it, it really is. Here's a great question for Mark with Catfish and Crappie. He wants to know how important it is to be original. 100%. That's right. 100%. If you keep if doing the same stuff that everybody else is doing, none of you is going to get any watch time. And you got to remember, watch time is more important than anything. 
If you're really trying to succeed in YouTube, you know, watch time is more important than anything. That's where the, if you're looking at it from a monetization standpoint, which I mean, let's face it, at a certain point we all are. Yes. Watch time. You can have a million subs, but if you don't have that watch time, if those ads aren't being scrolled across your audience, you're not getting paid, right? Exactly right. So, and I, I'd like to kind of, if I could, I'd like to touch on something else. I got a whole list of stuff. So I, I've been trying to, but uh, like what Peter said with, with audio, right? Audio is huge. Audio is more important than video, right? You can go out there and have, you know, a crappy camera, but audio is huge, especially in the fishing world, right? Because like I said, I've tried to kind of make a transition over the last year more towards into the fishing videos. And I can tell you, audio is huge. Me, myself, you know, if I turn on a video and the first 30 seconds is wind noise, I'm turning off that video. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I, I just, just for instance, right, this, this is my main camera that I use. I, I'm kind of against the grain here. I hate GoPros. I hate wearing them. I hate dealing with them. They suck. Everything about them is horrible. But I go with I go with a good shotgun mic, right? Yeah. And this this shotgun mic, it, it costs more than my first camera did, but it has given me the ability to film, uh, you know, so much more on you know with the wind and fishing videos. But no, and I mean you don't have to have great great audio equipment. You know, you can buy these cheesy little ones. Uh, you know, this little shotgun mic right here costs twenty dollars. And it does a good job at cutting the wind noise, right? So another thing, I, I saw a question too, and I want to touch on it too, because I, I really have seen this a lot, is how important is intros in a video? There was a question about it. Uh, intros, in my opinion, are huge, right? Just like what I said about the wind noise. For the most part, I think, and you got to realize whenever you're trying to grow a channel, you're trying to put your videos out in front of an audience and they're going to decide real quick whether to subscribe and watch your stuff again and again. Intros are huge. And what I feel like is you should, you should have an intro that should be one minute or less. And then you need to get into what the video is about. If you, if you're a guy that's sitting there and you're going to talk for six, seven minutes for a 15 minute video and then get into it, you're going to lose a lot of viewers before you know you even have a, ch a chance right to even show them your video you can have a great video but if you're going to sit there and ramble on about the, the sun's bright and the clouds look like fish and all this other crap th those people aren't going to watch that for six seven minutes they're going to click off and you know you've got to pay attention to this stuff and it's all in that if you're if you've got a youtube channel right now you need to really pay attention to that analytics page it will tell you a lot It'll tell you demographics, watch time, how many subs you gain from certain videos. You really need to study that analytics page, which is no different than, you know, the reason that I, I went from my main channel to my new fishing channel is I'm trying to reach a whole new demographic of people. You know, just because I got 70,000 subs or 67 or whatever it is, I've only got a dedicated couple thousand that are watching my videos. So I'm trying to reach a whole new demographic. And I, I think that really is important, and I think it gets overlooked a lot. But definitely, definitely, audio is is huge, right? You got to realize too, the majority of people that view your videos are watching it on a cell phone, and it's like 480 or 620 or whatever those numbers are. It doesn't have to be 4K or you know. I film everything in 1080, and I've never had a problem with it. 
So just something to think about too. I got a question for Jeff that was uh I figured he could answer it. Is uh Dee wanted to know what do you do about somebody that is constantly copying or using your original ideas on videos? Hmm. I've got an answer for that after him. Me too. I, <laughs> I think you all gonna have an answer for that. I don't oh, think yeah. there's such thing as an original idea on YouTube. You'll know the truth. I mean, if you you can punch up any any idea or any concept, Bingo. and you will find it. Yep. So, but but I will say it again. It goes back to when I do a video on fishing. I always, I mean, I have a several videos. I'm I done a box anchor build. There's a hundred videos online of how to build a box anchor. The way I normally build a box anchor is exactly like those other hundred videos. So what I done was I looked at, so okay, what can I do different that the other hundred videos didn't do? And I just come up with an idea, okay, and I would put something like in the title, box build with a twist. Or if there's a rig that I use, you can pull up any rig known to man and there's a thousand videos of it. I always tell everybody, okay, this is the same rig I'm using. Here's why I use it with a twist. You can't get bent out of shape. I mean, because really, if they copied your video or, you know, only time I get aggravated if somebody actually literally goes out and just carbon copies, almost like they're trying to do the exact same thing. Right. And again, you can't get bent out of shape. You just have to go, okay, well, you know, that's cool. And make another video. I mean, you can't get upset about it. It's going to happen. There's a million people, a billion people on YouTube. I promise you, it's it's been done before. No matter what you think, it's been done before. And my idea is sort of flattery. If they're copying you, you're doing yes. something right. Hey, All right I'm, I'm, on, go ahead. Speaking on that, and you can't get mad if people watch your videos and find out where you sit. I have seen Amen. people on YouTube <laughs> right. flip out when they have a boat come up near them. Look, I mean, it's not hard to look at a shoreline in the background of your video and figure where you, figure out where you are. You can't get mad at this stuff. You know, if you got a boat fishing near you that watches your channel, you know, you're on YouTube. Lots of people watch your stuff. Don't get mad about it. I want to jump in on the copying, copying work thing. Um, there is something that started, and this this started to get talked about back in March. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and let the cat out of the bag. I used it, uh, and this this was some analytical stuff that was done that I found online. Uh, it, it came from TikTok, believe it or not, and it has to do with copying other people's stuff. It has become a trend that is very popular. Uh, and it, TikTok was kind of the thing with somebody doing some kind of dance, somebody doing a similar dance and somebody, and we've seen it over the past year. There's been a progression where more and more of this is done. It's become more and more acceptable and it's generating traffic. Two of my videos were based on that. My biggest video ever, the one that's over a million views was the most, it was an afterthought when I did it. And that was on how to tie a uni knot. Okay. Go out there and see how many videos there are on how to tie a uni knot. There's hundreds of them and several of them with four, five, six million views. That's I decided to do one. <laughs> What's that? Like, That's my freaking knot. I love that knot. But it, it's, it's got over a million views and it hadn't been up a year. 
Uh, same thing with the strawberry jello. I'm not the genius that came up with that. That's been around forever. Revisited it, redid it. Some stuff people want to see done again by somebody different to see if there's going to be a different outcome to it. So as far as copying stuff, there's as long as you're not the one sitting there taking credit for it, you know, I don't jump on there with strawberry and jello. Look at this genius idea I came up with. Right, it's been done before. Luke Nickel did it on Catfish and Carp. I don't know how long ago. So some of the stuff people want to see done again to see if there's going to be a different result or a different outcome. So it can actually be a good thing. And if you're getting butthurt over it, well, you probably just like Jeff said, just to, well, need to chill. We have, Battery a of, we have a lot of new people coming on, a lot of young people that's coming on that have no idea about a lot of what gets talked about or what they see on some of these videos. So when we say it's been done before, to them it hasn't been done before. Right. It's been all new to them. So yep. but it can if help you are doing remakes, please keep that in mind, guys and gals, that we got new eyes out here. And make sure that you steer them in the right way, not the wrong way. That's right. Thank you, Derek. I appreciate it. One other thing that I'll, I'll add to that is it's funny. Just because somebody copies your video, let's just say copy the video. I don't believe there's such a thing. But if somebody does a video like your video, you'll be amazed how much traffic will be generated on your video because they watch that video. I got a video on making the sinkholes. Yep. Simple idea. I've been doing it for 20 years making my own sinker molds didn't hardly get any play Keith done a video on making sinker molds it wasn't exactly like my video by no means I had 30,000 views on it like in two weeks and I'm like what the heck happened then you go and you look and it's because people watched his video they searched the title and then all of a sudden boom they searched your title or your title come up they started watching it so literally I got 500 subs because he done a video about sinker molds that's awesome. And you guys live right, right there. I'm up another secret here. I'm, I'm giving up the goods on another secret. What you just said is a very good point. If you go and it's uh, Stu or John or somebody was talking about analytics. If you go in your analytics, it will show you in a certain video what video somebody came to that from. If you're smart, you can go in there and look at the content that those people create and create content that you think they may be creating, have it on the shelf ready to go and launch it. When That's why I've got eight or ten videos that are already cut and ready to go. Sometimes I will shift those around if somebody does a video on, you know, bank fishing with, you know, whatever. Well, I don't have any bank fishing videos, but. I can put something that's similar that may correspond to that that I can get, you know, a link off of. If it's something with somebody puts out, you know, Hagen Grubbs puts out a drifting video, I can put out a drifting video that may bounce the traffic because I get traffic off of, uh, off of, you know, his channel. So that's another little thing. That's where that analytics comes in very handy and can help you kind of figure out what kind of content to create. And title, familiarity, your title. I'm not saying match their title exactly, but you know, kind of use what their title is. It can't help your title. You got a lot of characters in that title, so you can put their title into your title if you wanted to after a dash or something. I know a guy that did that. It Thank works. you, Sam Martin. We appreciate it so much. Yes. <laughs> All right. Hey, let me throw this. Since when I came on, Lyle told me that I only got to mention one thing. So, and Stu had a bunch of good stuff. And Stu mentioned one, and I was writing notes down. 
thumbnails. This this is one. The thumbnail outside of the content being good is probably the most important thing if you're trying to get people to watch stuff. They see the thumbnail before they see anything. If you spend two hours editing a video, you spend an hour creating a good thumbnail. Generally, the one that YouTube suggests for you is probably not the best one. So, uh, so yeah, thumbnails, very, very, very important. That's quality information right there. Eric Massey Jig Company says, thank you guys for the information. He lives real close to me. Makes it awesome. Oh, oh. Jigs. Jumping on the thumbnail, Dieter. Also, if you catch a four-pound bass, don't hold it way out here and make it look well. Because people are going to know that bass is not 12 pounds when they start watching the video. <laughs> That's right. Well, the yeah. point is to make the fish big and the person smaller. I cannot make a fish bigger than it is, but I can make me smaller than I am. So. Yeah, he's got that one patent, John. He's got that whole patent. Yeah. There's, a, there's, a, there's patent pending on that one. <laughs> that one in the load, the load, you know, the camera shooting up. Is that, is that something you That's not 80 pounds. Let, yeah. let, me, let me tell you how the whole thing with the camera came about on that whole deal. Because people ask me on guide trips all the time about that. I have a self-timer on my phone. And I was trying to find a place to put the camera to where I could hold the fish up and get a picture of it. And Jeff's seen my boat before. The only place is right there on the back deck where there's a lip going up. I can prop it right there. I can stand back and get a picture. It just so happens that I have to move my head over to the side so the fin, dorsal fin, isn't across my face. So I took one of these pictures, and I looked at it, and I was like, dang, that fish looks really big. So that's how that came about. It was kind of by accident. And then once you start doing the moving the head, it's like, dang, that looks really big. So He used work. to just call me, and I'd come to the lake to film them for him. Yeah. Another way around for you too. Oh, he, he's he's my official cameraman. If I yeah. ever catch a big fish, and, I call and way, him. And waymaster, and waymaster. That's, that's right. I mean, I I've called Dieter. I give him a plug. I called him one morning at three o'clock in the morning and told him I had a big fish, and he goes, "On my way." No questions asked. At three in the morning. I just want to see which direction this boat's coming from. And it's always right there at the Lake Wiley Dam for some reason. I can't yeah, ever yeah. figure that out. Oh, man. Guys, it, it's, this has been a great show. I can't thank you all enough. I'm not seeing any new questions. If anybody else is, please say so. Um, there's been so much quality information that went through this show tonight that I believe a lot of people are probably going to have to go back and re-watch some of it again because there's no way you could have caught it all as it went through and, and by some great people in our industry. So I can't personally thank you all enough for spending an hour and a half or, or more with us because I know John and Stu, they was in early. Uh, Dieter was in fairly early and Jonathan was too. But, you know, I enjoyed visiting with you guys before the show started. 
I enjoyed listening to what you had to say to the people that watch our show and to spend the time answering a lot of the questions. Like I say, if, if, I, if I'd seen any more, I would be happy to ask some questions, but I'm not seeing any new ones. And I'm sure I've missed some, and I'm sorry if I did. Uh, but, you know, that's that's kind of the way live streaming does. You know, you, you don't watch them all, but... Um, it was a uh, whoops, lost somebody, Jonathan. Jonathan. But you know, we appreciate you guys coming in here tonight. It means so much to us for you guys to come in here and be a part of the show. And and um, I think all of you except Stu have been on our show before. And Stu, we need to get you back on here. Yeah, this was fun. Uh, yeah, it is fun. It, it really is. And. Uh, uh, Dieter, you know, it's always a pleasure to have you on. And Jeff, you guys have been on multiple times and you're always great guests. So gracious to give us up your time to, to share with, with the people. And John, you've been the same way. So uh, we can't thank you enough for everything you do. Uh, I think we need to do another show, Lyle, and maybe bring a couple in to actually bear down on some of these very important parts where we just kind of skimmed the surface on a lot of this. There's a lot more details that can go in, and I know that they can bring out that will make people think about how they are producing their videos or why they do it a certain way. That would be a great show. Yeah, we'll see if we can get that put together Uh Josh, Weekend Angler, thank you so much. I'm glad you enjoyed the show. We appreciate everything that you're doing for us. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that we had a great show and a lot of information was shared. Uh, thank you, Flint Hill. Brian, we appreciate it. Uh, but, like I said, it's getting on an hour and a half now, and I know you guys got families and, and different things to, to take care of. Hell, Stu's probably got, got game to skin here tonight. <laughs> I want to know how he skinned that skunk without getting the smell all over him. <laughs> I'm sure he's got a trick. I got a video on it. <laughs> there you go. It's hanging in the house, so he must have done a good job. Yeah, <laughs> well, listen, guys, thank you guys so much. I'm going to we're going to end the show with this and uh, appreciate everybody watching. I hope you Thanks got out of it and uh, we will see you next Monday night on Catfish Weekly. God bless. <laughs>